All right, we're here. This is our first ever interview. Uh, we're here with Big Play Dave from the Big Play Reflog Show. You can check out his pod Monday nights. It's live at 9 p.m. Dave, how you doing? I'm good, Drew. How you doing, man? Long time. I, I'm doing. I'm doing real well. And I think the starting point for what we're talking about tonight has to start with your show. You just got off the off the call with Michael Simon, Iron Chef. How awesome was it getting to interview him? That dude is phenomenal. Like when you think of Cleveland, Ohio, you think of like, you know, like Bernie, even Baker now, Joe Thomas, Chef Simon's like, he's probably like top five on the list. Yeah, we, we were talking before the show and we're like, besides like maybe some artists like Kid Cudi, Machine Gun Kelly, like yeah. Drew Carey, like that, that's like the top of Cleveland right there. Right, Drew. Drew Carey was like carrying the torch for like a couple of decades there when the Browns sucked. We're like, well, <laughs> Drew Carey, he's got a sweet pool table in his backyard. Yeah, yeah, that that that's about it. So, so it's kind of like sticking with your show for a little first. Yeah. Who else? Like going back on it, who do you remember the most? Who was your favorite guest you've had on? Oh man, um, Chris Myers is like. So he he's like done every single large sporting event, um, the you know the the anchor, and he like he talked to us about like interviewing OJ like right after the murder one time, and like oh. that was a phenomenal phenomenal interview. Um, God, who Joe Thomas? I love having Joe Thomas on. He's one of the most charismatic guys in Cleveland. Yeah, Joe always just seems like one of those nicest guy ever's. Where it's yeah, just not he's even one of ever. us. Yeah. yeah, he's just like the the guy next door that you would just have a beer with. He's he's just so friendly. Like, uh, I can't get enough of him every time I listen to an interview. Yes, I I think it's probably the only interview where like we're probably both drinking light beers. <laughs> yeah, and just kind of staying with the show a little more. How'd you guys really get started? How how'd you get connected with uh, Reflog McNeil, as a lot of people know? Yeah, just just the internet, man. Like it, Twitter's a, a phenomenal thing. Like we had Jim Everett, like one of the Rams quarterbacks, on one time in the show, and it's like he's like, "How cool is the internet?" Like a dude from Cleveland, Ohio, like found me on the internet, and we're doing a podcast together. And I was like, "So that's like how the whole thing kind of started." Um, you know, met met Chris on the internet, and kind of we're like, "Hey, let's do a post game show together." Um, a lot of drunken Browns fans calling in. That was a great time. <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, and just kind of evolved from there. And a lot of Googling, whole lot of Googling. So reason we had you on, you're one of the biggest Browns fans, kind of like a little, kind of like a head of Browns Twitter, one of the top guys. I thought you were putting me in like pumpkin head status. I'm not a super fan there, Drew. Oh, okay. Uh, but before actually i gotta talk to you about this what's what's your big beef with pumpkin head i have no beef with i've never met the dude i just think it's super weird that a guy wearing a pumpkin <laughs> is like our representative like why is that a thing that shouldn't be a thing yeah it is, it's just weird it's weird yeah nothing yeah. the dude never met him all right so gotta talk to you about the draft though overall did you go did you get to cleveland check out the draft at all so we so we we sent Nick to uh, Saucy Brew Works. He interviewed Denzel. They did like a big event uh, for his charity and a beer they made about him. 
Um, I actually didn't make it down. I, I had a, a bunch of people over just kind of a draft party in Cleveland on the West side. Um, just so it's kind of taking in all the pictures and it, it, I mean, they, it was phenomenal. We were just talking about like the terminal tower. That was really cool to see all of those picks. Um, but yeah, man, I think, uh, after this, I think people are going to look at this at the NFL and be like, all right, Cleveland deserves a non COVID draft because that would be like Nashville, like the streets, the 1.3 million Cavs parade fans out there. It would be exactly like that. Yeah. Uh, going talking about the draft. How do you feel about the draft overall? Like rated, like give the grade, the Mel Kuyper grade. I think everyone pretty much liked it. But... Did he give us a B minus? Yeah, I saw that. I don't know if you, if you, if you saw like the, someone put together like every like NFL.com person's like grade and we got like straight A's across the board and you got Mel Kuyper just being a complete idiot. Really? Giving us a B minus. Like he gave like the Steelers a higher grade and he, they drafted a tight end and a running back the first two rounds. That's rough. Oh my God. How out of, out of touch is Mel Kuyper? Like, look, Jesus, man, that's crazy. But I mean, I, I love Newsom. I, so going into the draft, I was like, all right, I would love for us to trade up. Cause we've, we've got nine picks. I don't want us to use all these nine picks. I would like to trade up for a cornerback, but I don't, I don't think anyone thought Newsom was going to fall to us at 26. So Andrew Barry obviously knows something that I don't go figure. Uh, Newsom, man, he, that guy is going to be a perfect starter within our team where that was the position. I know people talk linebacker. I know people talk edge. We needed the most depth with the cornerback position with Denzel. You know, there's a lot of health concerns, greedy Troy Hill, I think is going to be good, but we need that kind of bona fide starter outside next to next to Denzel and I, I think we got him yeah no doubt about it and you were talking about guys just falling down the board uh I that kind of felt like the story of the whole night what's your thoughts with that JOK pick moving up just a tiny bit to draft him yeah so it was kind of like, you know, like not as much so with with greedy but everyone's like you know greedy's a first rounder we got him in the second round that was great haven't seen how that's played out yet but JOK, there, no one thought he would be around then. And I know people are saying, oh, he slid because he's got, you know, a heart condition. I don't know. He's, he, he played a lot of college ball. He seems to be fine. I'm, Andrew Barry's not taking the dude. If, if there's something wrong with him, he's going to be the perfect fit for that linebacking core because they, they need help. And I, I think he's going to be kind of the, the guy who fits our scheme where he can kind of fly all over the field. He can cover. He, he almost is like a, like a safety as opposed to a linebacker. I, I think he's going to be a phenomenal fit for the Browns. For sure. Like he, he's definitely the, a modern linebacker that we need. Like the guy that can fly yeah. from the sideline. And he's just like, we, we needed that athleticism so bad, especially in the Ravens and chiefs games, like Chad Hent, like Chad Henney, come on, scrambling 14 yards. Oh, God. Flashbacks. Yeah. I remember we were, I was listening to the draft. They were comparing him to Levante David. And I was like, if we get half of that out of it, I think I, we'll be more than happy. Heck yeah, man. That, I thought that was such a good pick. Um, and now we have, like, you know, we took two linebackers. We have competition in that linebacking room. No one's safe there. It's, it's going to drive up all of their skills. I, I, you know, I think we've got some decent pieces there, but 
now we've got some depth and probably can put together a, a starting linebacking crew. Yeah, who who do you who do you think right now is probably the one A in this uh, linebacker room? I actually think it's JP Jacob Phillips. I think he is going to take a huge step this year. We saw him kind of break out a little bit in the Steelers game, that huge tackle for a loss, adrenaline rushing. Um, I, I think he's going to have a really big year. It's not really based on all that much, just what we saw last year from him, but. I, I don't know. I just have a feeling he's going to be really, really good for for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, definitely. definitely. All right. So, talking Browns season. Yeah. Uh, I know it feels kind of like a jinx to say, I think this is a playoff team, a Super Bowl contender. Dude, but- Drew, I do that like every year. It's so <laughs> sad. Like, we could be the worst team ever. I was like, I think we have a chance, especially like after the draft. I'm like, we have so much hope. Like, oh god, what's our what's our worst draft pick ever? What do you think is the worst draft pick for the Browns ever? Justin Gilbert, Justin Brandon Whedon, Johnny Manziel. Any of the, I don't know anything from 2010 to like 2017. <laughs> it's got to be Gilbert, yeah. But I like you draft those guys. You're like, okay, I think we have a chance. Like, now it's real. It's it's a super weird feeling, but I I, I go into every season. I'm ready to be hurt again. Um, and, but like legitimately, this is a super bowl roster. It's on paper. We haven't seen the defense, but there's no reason this team can't compete with the best of the best in the NFL. Yeah. So, so you're more like Matt, where you guys are actually like optimistic with Cleveland teams. Yeah. I can't do that with myself. Well, Drew, so you're younger than me. So you've, have you ever seen like a good Browns team last year? (laughs) That was it. (laughs) Right. You're probably not that much younger than me. You're maybe like two years younger than me. I'm 24. Like, so okay. you're- yeah, you're both super young. You've never seen any good football, maybe like Derek Anderson, but that wasn't like yep. that. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was fun. I remember being in a Mexican restaurant with my dad watching the Titans steal the last playoff spot when we went 10 and six. I was like, how'd that oh, even happen? That was oh, the worst. God. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I can do it a little bit them. more with Cavs and Indians to like convince myself that we're going to be good. I'm just the most pessimistic Browns fan. Where I'm like right now, even like there's not a weakness really on this team anymore. Maybe the defense because we haven't seen it, but I'm still kind of like mm, maybe eight sounds fine or whatever nine and eight, eight and nine. It's God. it's a smart move, Drew. Like set the expectations. Like all right, we're a 500 club. And then we start winning a few and then you, then you get on board. Yeah. That's what I was telling him. Just like set your expectations to the playoffs. Then we, when we get there, just let, just let it happen. Whatever happens happens and just go from there. Cause the bar is, I mean, is low here in Cleveland in terms of the Browns, but you have expectations to go higher. But I mean, for Drew, he's probably got to set them to the floor at this point, just for his sanity. Yeah, I mean, like, after, like, two games in the Indian season, I've had to have Mac, like, talk me off a cliff. So, kind of just keeping it in Cleveland. Were were, were you that caller on Drennan Live? Oh, no, no, no. I wasn't that bad. I promise. I wasn't that bad. Were you? Come on, be honest. Maybe. That might be my, like, pseudonym, but (laughs) I was thinking it, but I didn't say it. I'm like, man, Fran Mill strikes out every at-bat. And I was like, you're kind of not wrong. (laughs) Yeah, you were the guy that called him like uh, Fran Mill. Like, uh, oh, what's what's the thing with that? Uh, like, uh, 
to think like what's the thing that like goes spins like this and it's like a wi- oh f- f- windmill res and like, like pinwheel everything pinwheel like you brought- wow <laughs> yeah no uh I've I've started to come around because I just love I've always been like you're a Browns fan number one Dave yep. I'm Indians first and so I've always been that okay way. so I, I gotta talk to you and ask you about them so I would go I would go Browns Indians and then kind of like a fairly farther distant Cavs and I guess that's it yeah I'm Blue Jackets I'm a fan <laughs> yeah I cheered for them really hard in that playoff run I would love for us to have a hockey team here. Like I, I would, I would probably trade the Cavs for a hockey team. I, I was a basketball player growing up. I mean, it's hard Fair. to tell. I'm Fair. a skinny, uh, or was <laughs> not really skinny as much anymore. I was a scrawny white kid who was under six foot, couldn't jump, could only shoot three. So maybe that was the only reason I liked basketball. But I got <laughs> this, this Indians team. A lot of negativity surrounding it all year. Yep. Uh, even if you like, just look at their social media page, just every comment is negative, just trash talking them. Yeah. But they've been pretty solid and in games they've lost, they've been right there for me personally. I think the bullpen has been the main factor. Brian Shaw. What's your thoughts on Brian Shaw? I just got to ask. Oh, I want to hear this one. I, I hated Brian Shaw when he was here, even though he wasn't that bad. I hated him. Everyone in Cleveland hated him. He's, he looks like he plays old man softball with me, like in a beer league. Like I, he just doesn't, you don't have a lot of confidence him going up there. He looks kind of sloppy, but he's doing really well. He's, he's kind of solidifying this bullpen this year. So I, I'm coming around. I, I, I took a step back when we, when we brought him back and I was like, I'm going to go all positive Brian Shaw. It's working out so far. Yeah. And I, I, I was not, I hand up. When he came back, I think I sent off 10 tweets complaining about how much I hate the guy still. Yeah. And I was, I was with you, man. And it's I think flip the switch. I think the biggest thing for me was that stupid run he does onto the field. He just like, since he's so out of shape, he just like throw, flails his arms. And I'm like, this guy's coming in to blow the game for sure. <laughs> you, you never liked that? Like, he never, like him skipping over the line for good luck? You, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Maybe it's because I hated him. Every time I saw him do that, I would get frustrated. Like, oh, my, what, what are we doing here? He's going to blow it, like, way back in the day, way before you guys, like Eric Plunk. Like, he was actually, like, a oh. pretty decent pitcher. I hated the guy. He was like, this guy's coming out here with his glasses. He's going to blow the game. We're going to lose. He's like the Brian Shaw before Brian Shaw got here the first time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. It's more with this uh, this Indians team. Did you what, – what was your thoughts when we traded Lindor? I never hated it as much. I, I didn't like that we couldn't pay him, but the trade itself, I didn't think was that bad, and I don't think he was worth the money he got in New York. So you probably know more than me about the trade because, like, I didn't know any of those guys we got. Oh, like, no, me neither. Going to be okay. honest. So – but they're, they're probably better than he is right now. Yeah, they both are. <laughs> right? Yeah, so I guess we won the trade. I don't know. It was – you know, people always – bitch at Dolan and rightfully so for, for a lot of it, there's just, I I think Trevor Bauer like went on a tirade one time and like kind of explained the, the money ball type system that Cleveland has to work with under their financial system. No, it was Jake, Jake Crawford, by the way, you asked about awesome interviews. Jake Crawford's one of the best. Um, He, he kind of explained like, you know, there's, 
it's you have to do that. There's no way to keep really good players, which is so sad for a Cleveland baseball owner where he can't keep any really good talent. But you know, at Netty, the the whole crew has done such a such a phenomenal job with it over the years. Like if we didn't have that front office, Dolan would have had to sell this team a long time ago. So the, I mean, this front office is incredible when it comes to trades, just like this, you know, you get rid of a big, you know, Cliff Lee, you get, you, you, you get rid of a a big name and you get something for it and they turn out to be something. Yeah. Like this club has always been able to reinvent itself, like through trades, even though it hurts in the moment, you know, long-term that it's going to be, give you those good effects eventually. Like, like Josh Wolf might not be here now, but in five years, probably going to be a stud. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. And that's like the hard thing to accept. Like as a fan is you have a name that you love, like Frankie Lindor and hey, you Francisco. bring it. Oh yeah. Francisco oh, okay. Lindor. <laughs> so we, we had Nick Wickren on who's been on the team with Frankie Lindor called him Frankie the entire interview. And then like oh, the God. next day, He's like, oh, I don't, I don't like being Frankie Lindor. And I was like, Nick, you've literally called him that the whole time Ooh. you were there. Oh he, God, he, that that's awkward. He didn't tell anyone anything. Yeah, that so was just weird. one of those things where it made me like it feel it made me feel better about the trade. Where I was like, let this guy go, whatever. He's a, he's a lunatic. New York and have fun with him. Right. So does like a one seventy one average. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, and getting booed every night essentially in New York. <laughs> I actually feel bad for him. Like. I know he could have stayed here, but that's so much more money. Like, you know, w- whenever you're gonna have a superstar, they're, they're going to leave here. It's just inevitable. Um, so it's such a small window for Cleveland fans to have to, to cheer on like a really good team, like 2016. Um, but I feel bad for Lindor. Like, yes, you're going to take that. He, I don't think he's equipped for New York media and New York fans. Like they're bashing the crap out of him. And it's just so hard coming from Cleveland where the media is like, we are pretty like crazy fans here, but Indians have kind of been thrown aside, even with how great they've been, where no one kind of talks about them too much. And you don't. Lindor wasn't. Yeah. He wasn't good last year. Like he was an average baseball player. No one gave him any crap. We, because we wanted to keep him so bad, but. Sure. (laughs) Like anytime he did something good instantly, every time. Pay him, pay him, pay him all oh, yeah. over. It, yep. it, but it would be so far in between. It would just be annoying <laughs> because it, it was just the inevitable waiting to happen. And it just like, like, I'm just happy we didn't overpay him. Like, it, it is what it is now. Yeah. yeah. The, the thing I'm really excited for with the Indians, like when you look at this roster, like the offense is what it is. I mean, Fran Mill and Jose are doing really well. Like Emmanuel Classe and Karen Check, like as an 8-9 I think could be one of the absolute best in all of major league baseball. And at this point, you're not wrong to say it. They have been. Yeah. That bullpen's got like a, those big three right now have like a 0.3 ERA or something. Oh, it's insane. So, and we, we, I was worried about class A because he was on like those, like those giant horse steroids, like, Like if it was just like regular steroids, like, all right, he could come back. But I was like, this guy's going to throw like 70 miles an hour. <laughs> it had nothing to do with it. He's crushing it. 101, 102 consistently. Yeah, he's, he's electric. Yeah, he is. He is, man. 
Yeah. So there's one last team in Cleveland. Oh boy. You already uh, voiced your displeasure for them. I'm really just going to ask like one thing, one, two things. What's your kind of, not even Kevin Love's, his outburst, just Kevin Love in general on this Cavs team throughout his entire tenure here. Yeah. So anyone who, anyone who wins us a championship, I will never bash ever for, they could do whatever they want. I don't care. Um, but this is, this is kind of like, this is kind of sad to watch. Like when he impounded that pass, I was like, this is, this is kind of pathetic. Like just, just cut the dude, let him go. You're not going to be good anyway. But we were just talking about on the show. I was like, what if he's just being like a really good company man? And he's just trying to get us a better draft pick. Like maybe that's the case. Maybe he's doing like the Hugh Jackson, Sashi Brown type thing where he's just trying to help the team. Yeah, Hugh Jackson was trying to help the team those two and a half years oh, yeah. in Cleveland. Definitely on purpose for sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. The, the the worst part is if you interviewed Hugh Jackson, he'd pro- he does say that basically. He, he does say <laughs> that. He you know, he was helping us. He he's, he could have won. He could have won 16 games easy. He's 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 a moron. Yeah, but, maybe, I know I know you're a Cavs fan. And it's tough. To, uh, I am too, but it's 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 tough to watch like I love Garland. I love Sexton. I love Jared Allen. I think they have like, they have good pieces here to build. Like they're not that far away. They could be like Okoro, I think could become a good player. Mm. I like JB. I, I know Okoro sucks right now, but he, you, you can't give up on a kid that early. You're right. Cause I've For- done this the past two years with Sexton and Garland where I'm like, these guys suck. Yes. And- They've taken huge steps, especially Garland. Garland, I really have to give a lot of credit for, where he's, he's getting good. close to being a very good starting point guard in the NBA. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's, like, sustainable to to have them both as your, you know, your point guard, shooting guard. They're, I mean, not much height there, but you, you can't give up on Okoro quite yet. If he sucks sure. next year, maybe, then, all right, you can Anthony Bennett him, but outside of that like if we can if we could find like an offensive minded small forward on this roster i think they could be a playoff team and i don't want to see jb get fired i like him as a coach even though they <laughs> seems like they've given up on him but i don't know I, I i think they they have a lot of good pieces here where you can be kind of optimistic for how much of a dumpster fire they are yeah for sure yeah like it's not- I don't think this a good Cavs team is that far away. It just needs that one guy. I've been on the Cade Cunningham train for this whole time, and I just hope the lottery gods just give us that one for like first overall pick, just one time. We we got it three times before, just one more time. <laughs> I feel like we're due, man. It's been a while. Yeah, like, and, and they've been kind of screwing us over the past couple of years too. So, do you guys remember out. like the the Minnesota Timberwolves GM like? after every draft they would get screwed like every year for like a decade and he's always like it's rigged i know it's rigged david stern he sucks he's rigging this thing and i'm like i you know we we've had enough luck in the past but i think we're due i think we're due i i i do too so matt you got anything else i just wanted to ask like during the draft like i don't know if you were like watching, like what was your favorite mo- moment, like Browns wise? Was it the Josh Gordon sign, 
the uh, the Macho Man dan- <laughs> Macho Fan dancing during the draft pick, or was Miles Garrett's like shirt barely holding on while he was just jacked like like crazy? Dude, I think I'm gonna go Macho Fan. Like that was incredible, and Roger Goodell took way too long to get on the stage. The dude just kept dancing. So much charisma. He's got to be our new spoksman. So you you're choosing him over pumpkin? Yes, pumpkin him man? over a pumpkin. Yes. Okay. Fair, <laughs> fa- fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Dave, you got anything else you want to say? No, man. So what? Uh, how how long have you guys been doing the video podcast? Um, because I, I I've watched a few of them in the past. I remember when you kind of were thinking about starting it up, but how how long have you guys been doing this? Yeah, th- this is our I think sixth show, right? Okay. Yeah. So we're been we're doing once a week. We're actually being consistent. And here we go. Now we're moving forward. That's right, man. Yeah, that's the biggest, biggest name of the game is consistent. And you know, you you guys will do a good job. This is this is fun. All right. Well, Dave, thank you again so much for coming on. It really means a lot to us. And for if you guys don't know him, you're probably coming from his channel to see this. So you can watch him. Big play reef vlog show. 9 p.m. on 9 p.m. on Monday. Again, thanks for stopping by, Dave. Absolutely, guys. I'll talk to you soon. See you, man.